All right. Hi, everybody. Uh, we are now in our third episode in our Biblical Friendship podcast series. And uh, hi, everybody. This is Francis Orujudos. And then I am uh, glad to have uh, this conversation with uh, Mr. Hyun, Dr. Hyun. <laughs> uh, one of the uh, elders uh, at our church, at Cornerstone Bible Church. So I'm assuming that you know most people that listen to this are from Cornerstone, but then I do hear that it's being passed on actually outside. So I can't we can't assume that people know who we are. So I don't know, maybe that one or two you know people out there <laughs> that have the patience for this. But uh, you know, so yeah, maybe you want to introduce yourself and talk about how long you've been at Cornerstone. Yeah, thanks for um, thanks for doing this, Francis. This is it's been <clears throat> good for me just reviewing the um, uh, the friendship book that we read and also just thinking about a biblical friendship in general. But um, my name is Chan, and I've been at Cornerstone since two thousand five, so going on eighteen years. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, and I have so many fun stories about meeting your family and getting to know your family and children's ministry, all your kids. And if you're at church and you, have, you want to hear a cool story about the Suz and how uh, I, I enjoyed meeting them and their, and their family when they first came, I'd, I'd love to tell you about it, but for another time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so thanks, Yun, for uh, introducing yourself. And just as a reminder of like, what we're talking about, so the scope of this a podcast is really us talking about a book called The Company We Keep by Jonathan Holmes. And uh, we've covered two chapters already. And fun fact, I just was reminded or I was shown that the author of this book is actually Facebook friends with Josh. So I thought that was, <laughs> that was cool. And then maybe, um, and Josh being Josh, you know, Josh, Josh Mack. Yeah, so, uh, you know, maybe some there's a way in which we can get even Jonathan Holmes to to sit in and, and talk about the book, but that would be a dream. But um, in any case, yeah, so we, we talk, we're talking about uh, this book, and we've talked about uh, two chapters already, and that first chapter was just laying the foundation, uh, laying out the definition of biblical friendship, which is, uh, and I've repeated again here, biblical friendship being um, when two or more people are bound together by common faith in Jesus Pursuing him and his kingdom with intentionality and vulnerability. So a lot loaded in that definition, but we expounded on that and elaborated what that means, talking about the theology of friendship, uh, how it started even before uh, the fall, before, you know, when, before even, you know, God created the earth, you know, even within the, 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 the Trinity. So if you want to hear more about that, um, that was in the first episode. And then the second episode with Pastor Isaiah, we talked about everyday substitutes for friendship being social media and specialized friendships and, and selfish friendships. So, uh, you know, those uh, huge um, substitutes. And uh, again, if you want to go back and listen to the second episode, you could hear more about what uh, was talked about then. So uh, before we get on to the next chapter, I wanted to ask Hyun, you know, hearing those first two episodes and just hearing or and reading the, the, those chapters, if you had any thoughts to add or elaborate on or anything that you were encouraged uh, to, to learn about? Yeah, I think um, just hearing the first two podcasts, I was just thinking about, you know, um, how, you know, we often have um, wrong view of friendship, right? Pastor Isaiah was talking about, you know, the the substitute or counterfeit friendships that people have, social media or affinity based or stage of life common interests work based uh, friendships um, that exist um, and we also get influenced by like TV media movies you know TV shows like friends or like um, and we look at okay those are what friends being friends should look like yeah. uh, and so people have wrong ideas so then when people ask oh you know like do I have good friends well, my relationships don't look like those in those TVs or movies or what I see in other people. Yeah. And so I think that confounds like what, you know, I mean, 
definition of what a true friend is or having a genuine friendship um, that's, yeah, that's biblical. Um, and you know, when you really think about it, even those relationships, like they look like they're having fun. They look like, you know, they seem genuine, but yeah. in reality, often it's shallow. Yeah. Right. And there's something missing. Um, and so I was thinking about just all those, you know, kind of wrong ideas of people, the worldly ideas of, uh, of friendship. And, um, and so I think it might be better to often, you know, even just, yeah, start from scratch, start from yeah. the Bible and, you know, get rid of our ideas of worldly friendship that we've been exposed to and that are kind of like lies or substitutes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, just, I know that's something that we talked about in those, in those podcasts was just about how, uh, you know, friendship originated from God and just like with everything in the world, you know, sin um, has now, you know, taken hold of even something like friendship, which, you know, which is intended to be good, but, you know, we've distorted and we have made it something that it's not and it's about ourselves where, you know, when we think about biblical friendship and the way that the triune God relates to one another and how God relates to us. It's about God giving. So that, I know that was a big theme that we had in the last podcast. So yeah, absolutely. And, and just being thankful that we can be renewed um, in the spirit of our minds about you know, what true biblical friendship is. Um, just hitting the reset button, like you, like you will. Kind of just like, let's, let's reset. Let's, let's establish what it truly is and then uh, rebuild our thoughts about, you know, what it, what it should be. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. So for, yeah, this next chapter, we, and we are jumping around a little bit. Uh, we're going to be uh, getting into chapter three in a couple months, but we're going we're gonna to jump to chapter four uh, this, this, for this time. And, uh, and I also wanted to point out too, pro tip, we were talking about how these episodes have been kind of long. And what Hina and I were talking about is, you know, sometimes when we listen to podcasts, we actually increase the speed. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or something like that, there is a function to increase the speed so you can actually get through this a lot faster. So hopefully uh, for some of you that's helpful, maybe some of you that are pros at this have already learned to do that. But just, um, and Hyun was even saying today that um, he was listening to it at 1.25 speed. So uh, just pro tip there. Um, but yeah, so today for we're, we're, uh, ch- chapter four, we're going to be talking about uh, fostering uh, the development of biblical friendship and, and the idea about making the most of our time with the time that we have, you know, with one another. So yeah, Hyun, for, for this chapter, what are, what are some things that kind of stood out from you uh, when, when, you had come, when you had read this? Yeah, so I think the chapter is titled Forging Friendship. Right? How do yeah. we forge friendship? Or basically, how do we make friends? How yeah. do we make friends, biblical friends? And I mean, that's a, a good question to think about. Um, and we all want friends. And we all, you know, um, want people who we can rely on, who we um, love us, care for us, and vice versa. Uh, and so... Um, it's a good topic to um, think about and then to think about, you know, um, how to do that intentionally. Um, and one of the things the book says is it takes patience, yeah, takes yeah. commitment, and lots of grace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it's not easy. So I think that's the first, first point in the book is it takes a lot of time and patience. Um, and, um, it's an investment in a sense. Um, you know, we all have limited time. Um, and so we obviously can't be friends with everyone. Um, yeah. And so, uh, there's an intentionality of, of, you know, devoting or investing your time to people. Um, and I think the question that um, 
think about it is like where has God placed me at this point at this time and um you know are there people that that you know God put in my heart to invest time in or to um and yeah there is that intentionality um obviously like there's organic friendships that we've had uh just because of affinity right like life stages or Mm -hmm. kids baseball games or you know um work uh, etc or you know like you talked about being a rams fan and and there's that affinity you build relationships through the through those um those like common interests um but in terms of biblical friendship, we're talking about, uh, you know, practically church mm-hmm. and life groups and tea groups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are, I guess, opportunities or settings that we provided to um, to build uh, friendship. And those are the people that we can invest uh, our, our time in. Um, and yeah. Now, I feel like in this, uh, just on that alone, we could spend probably a good 20 minutes just even talking about the investment of time that's needed because in our world we don't have a lot of time and we're so busy and there's an anecdote later on in the chapter maybe not now but there's an anecdote about how we can be like so busy doing things even good things even things within the church and um but when we think about friendship sometimes it's hard to make time and so I think about how when we, when we think about making priorities and I'm constantly having this conversation uh, in our household with Jennifer and then even with our own kids about the fact that we, we, we do the things that are most important to us. We prioritize those things, you know, so Sunday morning, that's a priority. So, you know, for and it's built into our family culture that. On Sunday morning, we are going to be at church. And God has given us you know, grace to be faithful to that. And then we make similar priorities um, with our schedules. Um, and it's different for different people. Um, I know for our family, you know, it's, it's supporting our kids and their different activities and um, their school. Those are important. Um, but for different people, it's going to be different. And that's the, that's the struggle. You know, with um, with time is uh, it's something that's hard to um, to to make time to invest in in relationships. But what yeah, I was curious what, and I I think I don't know if I interrupted you, but if you had if you wanted if if there's a path you were going or if you had a a thought to elaborate on. Yeah, I mean, I think because we have limited time, it, we have to be more intentional in in um, in. T- and devoting the limited time that we have towards people, right? Um, you know, we, and I think, you know, that was what the book was um, just talking about in terms of in order to um, forge a biblical friendship, um, we need time with people um, and whether that, you know, that, I mean, there is that, they call it a matrix, matrix of, mm-hmm. of companionship in a sense. You do activities together, that's, you're spending yeah. time, you're, you're spending church time together, you're spending um, Bible study time together, you're, you know, there is a, I mean, through our daily activity, there is time, but then there's also intentional time that you can, you, you decide to participate because these are the people that you want to uh, invest time in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So how are, does it look like for you guys? So I got a, I got a, I got a request. So thanks, Jeremy Ng. Uh, you had listened and you gave me some good feedback. And I think one thing you asked was, you know, for those listening, so there's, it's always helpful to hear practical um, practical tips, I guess, or, or how, how does it look like for us? So, uh, Jeremy, thank you for offering that. So I guess that's a question for you, Hyun. Uh, what would, what would that look like? How do you guys do it? How do you and, and Nikki, 
um, practically uh, use your time or you know try to apply you know this idea of intentionally uh, making time for yeah. people. I mean, for for us, it's really um, we we rely on the structure that are in place. Uh, so for church. Um, we participate in life groups. We participate in transformation groups. Yeah. Uh, those are built-in structure that's, that affords that time for us. And, um, I mean, what we try to do is any free evenings we have, we have, um, we have uh, people over or we're going out to dinner uh, with people um, through sharing meals together. And so um, yeah. those are... You know, obviously now we have more time since our kids are older and grown. And so um, we have more flexibility in that um, where we can meet without the distraction of kids. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we rely a lot on the structures. And when we have free time, we we intentionally seek out people that we're going to have meals with. Yeah. Um, so then for those days that you remember when life was a little bit busier and maybe an encouragement to people that are busy with younger kids or just, you know, they got a lot, I mean, and, and Keon is not somebody who is twiddling, you know, his thumbs around, doesn't have time. I mean, like, you know, Yun is, it works real hard at his job. Um, Nikki is, you know, working real hard, um, supporting her family and is always in, Hands are in all the sorts of activities inside, outside the church. So these are not people that are not busy. So, um, but then we know we have a lot of young families. We have a lot of people that are busy. What would be an encouragement to them or advice you give to them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's still you know it's a matter of priority. And I mean, if you have young family, that that delves into like parenting issues too. Um, of setting the priority of the family, yeah. right? And, and um, you know, especially with young kids, it's easy to be, you know, um, child-centered in a sense that, oh, you know, child drives the family activities. But, yeah, um, yeah uh, biblically, like, the family activity should be driven by, you know, the, the parent, the the. Uh, the parents in what kind of activity the family prioritizes and participates in. Um, and so if you have that principle, then, you know, children participate as part of the family in developing relationship with other families or other people. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's, I don't know, that's in principle, you know, in principle, that's yeah. that's how I would think about it. I know in yeah. practice, it's, yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah, no, it's, but so here's a fun fact, and this is like Providence, because you're talking about your family and being encouraged by them. I remember, so a real life example um, for you, to, and you may not remember, but I remember in 2006, I tore my ACL, and then I was homebound for a while. And then there were people that uh, were nice to provide meals. And uh, I remember Nikki coming. And 2006, your kids were really small. But she brought all of them. And, they, you know, it wasn't something where, like, she dropped off food and then she bounced. But, like, they came in the house. We had a conversation. Um, there was encouragement, um, prayer. And I distinctly remember your kids because they were cute in the way that they... You know, we're really there to, like, show love to me and encourage me. And um, so that's just one example. Like, use it. there's, like, a here's an activity where you could bring along the family. Your ministry is just the part of your, you know, your, your way of life, your culture, your family. You know, you didn't, your, your kids weren't, um, you know, hindering you, but, you know, you, you allowed them to participate. And that was one way, you know, so... Totally unscripted, something that I just thought about right now. But yeah, I mean, so that, that is a really good example, and um, appreciate you know that. And I'm sure that if we are, we are creative, we can think of ways where we can incorporate um, our our families into the way that we care for you know, one another.
Um, so there's, you know, shared activities, um, and as you know, and I don't know if there's any, any more to say about what they talk about here, using shared activities to build relationships on, yeah, on different think, levels. Yeah. So it's like time. And then I think the second aspect that the book talks about is, um, just, uh, commitment that's required in a sense, um, because, you know, developing these relationships, biblical relationship is, um, is not easy. It's hard. It takes work. And there's component of sacrifice. Um, yeah. You know, and we often, you know, like the, we often think of friendship, like the worldly friendship. It comes naturally. It comes easily. It's organic. It's... Um, you know, because you have your your it's based on shared interests or activities or life stages. You know, there's a there's a commonality there, and that does make it easier. But true biblical friendship, we you know, um, the book talks about and and what we're striving for um, is uh, based on our pursuit of Christ, our. Um, our um, our common faith in Christ, pursuit in Christ, yeah, to bring glory to Christ, right, and for ultimately for the glory of God and uh, and uh, the gospel. And so, if we think about that as a goal, then it's actually sacrifice and hard work in building these relationships, at least up front. Yeah, yeah. I think. And I made a point about. Uh, Articulating those goals. Uh, maybe if it's implied, it's good to know, but yeah. maybe it's inherent. Like, I don't think that you and I, <laughs> we've ever said our goals, friends, but it's, sometimes it's helpful just to establish maybe if we're not naturally having those conversations to say, like, look, you know, it's nice that we're able to, you know, watch a Rams game together, um, but, you know, let's, let's take a little step forward because our goal in this universe, in this life is to enjoy God, to worship Him, and to love Him. And we want to encourage one another toward that end. And yeah. that that requires us going a little bit further and maybe making some sacrifices to our to our even comfort. Like, that, I really appreciated that where it talks about, you know, it's a, it's a sacrifice of our comfort to go beyond what's easy and ask uncomfortable questions. You know, so um, talking about um, making, you know, having caring confrontation, right? Allowing sanctification to flourish. And so, you know, when we talk, when we think about our relationships, uh, we have to look hard and and work hard towards creating situations where we can have those conversations. So, yeah, for for you, you know, for, for you guys, what is... As, as a practical way, how does that, how does that look or how, how have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, there's something I haven't done except like in, so transformation group or life group, uh, the goal is explicit, Yeah. right? And it's, it's weird to say, oh, hey, you know, let's be friends and yeah. then be explicit. Like our goal as friends is to, you know, encourage one another, pursue Christ better. And ultimately our relationship will give glory to God. Right. But yeah. it's good to be explicit like that. Yeah. Because then, you know, we all have the same goal, same end result. Um, and our end result is not friendship. Yeah. Our end, the friendship is a means of, you know, mutual sanctification, mutual encouragement to spur one another on to pursue Christ together. And yeah. so, um, uh, but it's good to be explicit like that. And yeah, a transformation group, life group is a setting for, for this, this kind of relationships to happen. Um, and you already, if you're part of it, you already have people that you are investing time in. And, you know, but we have to think about it like, you know, to work at it, to sacrifice. Um, and then ultimately, I think one of the things that... that um, that um, I'm thinking about in terms of like um, biblical friendship is that 
um, is actually a super, I think it's a supernatural work. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a supernatural work. Um, Because it takes supernatural forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It takes supernatural patience. Mm -hmm. It takes supernatural love in order to have genuine biblical friendship, right? Mm -hmm. Because we sin against each other a lot. I think Josh was saying that in the beginning. And so without Christ's love that binds us together, without the forgiveness that we have in Christ, without, and, and because of God's love toward us, we can love one another. Yeah. There is a, that's the gospel. There's a gospel in there. And um, so every relationship that we have um, that is genuinely, you know, uh, biblical, uh, gospel center, there is a supernatural component. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and just the fact that we're having to think of friendships in a way where we are having to make sacrifices. Because I think when, you know, when we think about worldly friendship or the way that most people think about friendship, it's a, a relationship where there's ease, where there's comfort, where we are on the receiving side, where, where we are on the consumer side. And we're doing things out of pure enjoyment. And the moment that, you know, like there's, there's difficulty, then I'm just going to have, I'm going to go to the next person who's going to support me and be my friend in the way I want to be friends. But the way that biblical friendship is set up is that, you know, there's actually sacrifices being made that we're, 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 we're giving of ourselves. And that's something that's not comfortable. And, and that's, you know, that, you know, that's, and that's helpful to know because as you think about sanctification, uh, we, you know, we think about growth and when we think about most growth, um, physical growth, I mean, there it's, it takes, you know, there, there's a part where it's, it's going to work. We have to work and it can be hard. And we think about training when you go to the gym, you know, you got to sweat. It has, there has to be a little bit of pain in order for for us to grow. And that's, in a very similar way, what happens in our relationships in order for us to really grow in our sanctification, there's, there's a little bit of discomfort, you know? So I remember, I don't know if this is the way you're thinking about it, but I remember, you know, when we were starting to have these conversations at our church, um, trying to be more intentional. I remember early on at Cornerstone, um, you know, 15 years ago, I remember a young man that was really growing in his faith and, you know, we were just talking, you know, just, um, you know, just pretty shallow, you know, at church, just how are you doing and stuff. And then he was telling me how, you know, he's learning, how he's growing. And then, and then he goes to me, he goes, you know, how can I pray for you, Francis? And at that time, it was, it was so awkward <laughs> for me. And I, I, I didn't know what it, when I said, I, it was so hard, um, to give a response. And I know for him, um, it took a lot of work just to ask a question, but that's the type of awkwardness and the discomfort we kind of have to experience and, and, and go through so that we can serve one another. So I appreciated him. And um, so if you're wondering who that was, that's Min Han <laughs> back in the day. So I, man, you may not hear this, but you know, Min's at a, another place right now. But I, I just remember that anecdote because of how much later on I was encouraged by, wow, this you know brother trying to you know, be a good friend, trying to encourage me and trying to seek out ways of where he can pray for me. And I know that wasn't easy for him, but he, you know, in that way gave of himself. So, um, yeah. you know, embracing some of the discomfort to a point where now, hopefully, it, it, it becomes so part of our culture, we could ask these, these questions and they're not uncomfortable, you know. Right. So I think that between us, it's easy to ask how can I pray for you? Or we can ask questions. And I think there's a bunch of questions like this in the book that we want to get past being awkward, but have it be part of our culture or language in our church. How can I pray for you? Yeah. Where are you struggling? Where have you experienced God's grace in your struggle? Where has God been up to good in your life recently? Like these types of questions, trying to you know, get at the, the heart of, you know, our, our daily lives and what we're experiencing as we walk with the Lord. And um, whether it's, 
you know, whether there's, there's joy or there's struggle, like bringing that to the forefront so our, our friends can encourage us and, and befriend us and support us, you know, so. Yeah, uh, it says create a culture of caring confrontation, right? So to create context for like redemptive, sanctifying conversation. And it happened through asking questions that may be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, questions that, oh, I don't want to, sometimes you think, oh, should I go there? I don't know. I should yeah. go there. You know, to ask uncomfortable questions to, so that people can talk about their weaknesses, where they're vulnerable, where they're sin. Because a lot of times we're kind of afraid a lot of times to ask um, in intrusive questions but you know ultimately because we're not so you have to think like are we asking these questions uh what what's the purpose of asking these questions because we care for you we love you yeah and we want we want to grow together yeah right and so that's that that foundation has to be there otherwise you know um, people can be offended but um but if that's you know, if people know that that's the goal, then, yeah, then, um, yeah, we're just creating a space for vulnerability and yeah. encouragement. So is there any practical advice you can give? And has it always been easy for you to ask these types of questions or where, where have you, you know, learned and, and what's kind of helped you move forward in this particular area? No, because like, I'm not... Yeah, I I get into problems because I'm not <clears throat> I'm not emotional <laughs> enough. I'm not emotional, so uh, I can I can um, I can ask uncomfortable questions because I don't get offended personally, right? So I can offend other people <laughs> uh-huh. easily. Yeah. So there's wisdom on the other. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a whole lot of wisdom that needs to be applied. Yeah. But like you said at the very beginning, grace. That needs to be extended right. on both ends, right? No, so one of yeah. the things of, you know, I think chapter three talks about it, is how, to, you know, there has to be carefulness yeah. in how you, you know, you ask these questions and at the timing yeah. makes a big difference in okay. when you ask these, you know, and that's, you know, part of learning how to, you know, care for a person, right? Everybody's yeah. different too. So, um, but yeah, ultimately... You know, we have to go there, and then there, if if there is offense, <laughs> yeah, and sin, there has to, yeah. you know, we ask for forgiveness quickly, and yeah, and um, you know, restore relationships. Yeah, but well, I'm not, say, I'm yeah. not good at. You know. But one <laughs> yeah, of the questions the I think I've, I've, um, I've learned is like you know, to ask to preemptively ask. So, is there anything, any area in my life? that you see that, you know, yeah. that you want to speak into, or is there any area of my life that you see that that's, you know, not right? Yeah. Right. And so that opens yourself up. Yeah. It's disarming. Other, yeah. To other people, yeah. you know, and so, because it is hard to confront. Right? Yeah. And so, and then to receive, when somebody confronts, you have to know that that person, that takes lots of guts and courage. Yeah. Right. So to be thankful, right? Mm-hmm. Not get defensive, but be thankful. Oh, hey, thank you so much for, for pointing that out because yeah. it takes you know a lot of effort and courage to 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 say that to somebody else, right? Um, and that's really hard, you know. Yeah, um, that's huge. I man, that's a bit you know, and I think that's something that takes a lot of maturity, and. Yeah, that that's a supernatural. Like I guess that, I think I know what you're talking about now, when you're talking about it being a supernatural work. Because who in their right mind is going to go? You know, outside of people that have been saved by Jesus are going to go to another person and you know uh, reach out and ask like what they've done wrong or what, and what faults are. You know, so um, there was somebody that we were I was talking to this week where he had. He had known that he had made an offense to somebody and he had sought their forgiveness and uh, wasn't a believer. And that person kind of reacted like, are you, are you crazy? Like, what's, like, why would you, what, what are we talking about? It was like so uncomfortable. It's so unusual to the rest of the world when there is that measure of 
humility. Um, so that that's 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 I'm, I'm I just that's what I'm I'm learning from you, Hyun. So, um, and just even in your so then how have those conversations gone? Like I don't know any anything you can speak no, to I recently. Think, no, I think in, just in transformation groups uh, and life groups, you know. Um, yeah. We've had a lot of shared times together, so yeah, we have relationships to a point where yeah, like do they? You know, the question I ask myself like, do other people know me, and do I know them? Yeah, you know, how well do I know them, or how well do people know me? Right? Yeah, and it's up to you know how open we are, um, you know, and and I think that's how we can evaluate how deep the relationships are. Really, how yeah. well do you know somebody and um, how well do people know you? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I think the other thing that other comment, I don't know if the, I don't think the book touches upon it, but, um, there's another book called compelling community that, uh, I read recently. Also, oh, who wrote that so that we can oh, recommend it. It's Mark Dever. So Mark Dever and Jamie Dunlop, uh, the um, compelling community. This is one of the nine marks. Okay books um but it's talking about church community but it could be talking about friendships um where where we can we can have you know um friendship based on liked interests Mm -hmm. affinity um you know the rams or our life stages yeah uh, because like having young kids or yeah whatever um and um that's fine but it doesn't really display the gospel in a sense that um, the gospel brings people together that would not ordinarily be friends. Um, okay. And so the church, he's talking about church, it should be a witness to a broken and lost world. Okay. And so how does the church reveal the gospel? To a broken, lost world. When you have true relationship between people who, in the worldly sense, would otherwise never be friends with one another. Yeah. But because of the gospel, because of the church, they can be friends. Mm-hmm. Right? So I was thinking about that in, in our church. Like, yeah. There are people that I would never be naturally friends with. Yeah. Aside from the fact that we love Jesus Christ. Right. And we, you know, the gospel binds us. And so between different life stages, I can be, you know, or completely different um, ethnicity, different culture, different social class, different. um, And so that's a witness to a world that, yeah, a relationship and that relationship could be actually deeper than any affinity or any, you know. Yeah. um, Cultural friendships there are. And so that's a testimony and that's a witness. And so, but I was thinking it takes a lot more work. It takes yeah. a lot more. So yeah. like naturally I was thinking, okay, it's e- much easier for me to be part of like an Asian American church, you know, that everyone is in the same life stage as me and you're, you, you know, it's more comfortable and, and you can have you know, just an easier time building relationships because everyone's like you. Yeah. People, but Cornerstone, I was thinking, has become more diverse. Yeah, there are people who are different culture from me, different life stages from me, different, you know, um, different ethnicity. Yeah. It takes a lot more work for me to get to know somebody else. But... But the gospel, yeah, right? yeah, that is the gospel witness, right? Where, yeah, it, it we have unity because of Christ, and yeah. we are all pursuing the same goal, and that makes it, our unity, yeah, like our friendship, yeah. even much more. And so, in the meaningful in that book, it says those are gospel revealing communities, gospel yeah. revealing churches, and it's a witness to. To you know, non-believers, a witness to the world that yeah, these relationships um, are you know not natural; they're supernatural. Well, you're wearing a Padre shirt right now. I don't have. I had. I had my Dodger hat on. In what world 
<laughs> can Padres and Dodgers be at the same table? I'm not no, I'm, I'm no. <laughs> no, but no, but all joking aside, no, and that's where man, I'm kind of getting chills a little bit because I'm sure you know that uh, uh, Clifton's been teaching on Ephesians two to the roots and um, yeah, spending time about this this aspect of who the church is and you know implied is that there is a diversity, right? Like in the beginning of Ephesians two, it's you know, the hostility between Jew and Gentile has been abolished. And then it says, you know, in verse 19, so you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are. And there's three three aspects of the way that we're, you know, now part of the church. We're fellow citizens with the saints. So we're all part of the same kingdom. You know, we're, we have the same citizenship in the kingdom of God. We're members of the household of God. So we're all, we're family, brothers and sisters. And then, you know, we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Christ Jesus, the cornerstone, and whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. You know, so these different ways in which you know we we share this very special supernatural unity because of the gospel, and yeah, celebrating celebrating that 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 is way more important and more precious, and like and it becomes really really cool when you see people that are very different on the surface. Um, because of their same love for the Lord, um, have a, a much deeper unity um, than any other, you know, unity that there, there can be in the in the universe. So that's yeah, that's a cool thought to have. I think if we're evaluating, like you know, do I do we have true biblical friendship or do we have you know true gospel centered community? Um, you know, if you look at the breadth of our friendship, meaning. Are you able to be friends with or do you have good friendship and relationships with people of yeah. all different age, life stage, you know, culture, background? And then, you know, so you have the breadth and then yeah. you talked about you also have the depth. Yeah. You have the unity in Christ. Like you said, family. We are, you know, it is actually even stronger than family bond yeah. in a sense. So you have that breadth and you have that depth. And that is supernatural in a sense. That is only created by the gospel. And yeah, yeah, and therefore, you know, even through our friendship, we can be a witness um, Mm -hmm. uh, to the world. Like, like how how can you be a friend? How can you have friends that are, you know, when I was visiting one of the church members who were, um, I don't know if I should say all the names, but, Mm -hmm. you know, Bill and Pam Couch when they were in the hospital, right? Yeah. And I was telling my coworkers, oh, they're good friends of mine. Yeah. You know, people were kind of like, well, wow, that's, (laughs) you know, you have somebody who's friends that are, you know, older, right? Yeah. It's not, not, there's not a natural connection there that people can see. Right. Yeah. But yeah, no, I said, we're, you know, we're um, from the same church. Yeah. And we're, you know, and then people understand a little bit. Right. Right. Um, But, um, yeah, that's it's that's a testimony. Yeah, um, it yeah it is, and I mean, and it's yeah, just thinking about even our community and how our community itself is diverse, and you know, there's there isn't any you know an, one type of person, you know, age, season of life that we, sh- we you know we should be limiting ourselves to, because every nation, tribe, and tongue, um, at the end of the age, will be worshiping you know, the risen Jesus Christ. And so having that heart to uh, avail ourselves and um, extend ourselves to to be friends and to establish that uh, relationship. So that yeah. that's really good. But ultimately, like, I hope that, you know, everyone who are part of T groups or life group, every member, they can say, oh, they're my friends. Yeah. Because not... Uh, you know, I think we have wrong view of what a what a true friend is. I think yeah. they are all your friends. If you've shared your life together in that way and uh, pursuing Christ together, you guys are all friends. Yeah. Um, May not be friends where you're like, you know, every, you know, my every thought and every intent, no, you know, every day, you know, but that's, but then is that like, you know, is, is that the intention? And I know that there's something to be said for, um, you know, just when we talk about making disciples and being disciples, 
you know, we're disciples of Christ and we want to learn to follow after Christ. And so like, I know, in, and maybe this could be a whole separate conversation, but like the way that community and relationships were at the time, you know, there was definitely um, people in each other's lives more because that's just the way the community, I mean, like, you know, we're not, it wasn't a community community. You had to go to the same places, you know, to get your water, to get food. Um, you're seeing each other way more regularly. We live in a different era, different time, uh, but the eagerness to be in each other's lives um, should still be there. Um, yeah. I mean, we're for each other. We want what is best for one another. Um, I think, um, yeah, that's where the sacrifice and commitment, um, uh, you know, um, comes in. Where, yeah, are you able to you know, sacrifice for another person's good, uh, you know, to pray for them, to care for them, to love them. Um, and then I think the other thing that I realized, like, even um, over time is, like, to be there during, to be there for somebody during, you know, I don't know, during trials, during certain yeah. um, marks in their life. You know, celebrations, um, illnesses. Because um, I, you know, not not even to say anything. You don't have to say like, but to be there and to be yeah. part of somebody's life. To be present. To be yeah. present during significant events in somebody's lives, and that speaks volumes too. You know, where you you just go through it together, yeah. right? Bearing another one another's burdens and and so, yeah, to do meals on wheels with you know, celebrate a birth or, you know, um, I mean, now I'm seeing a lot more grieving funerals, um, uh, things like that, but, yeah. or illnesses in the hospital. Um, those are significant events yeah. in people's lives and, and, um, to be there and to be together. Yeah. You know, I think, um, yeah, those were, you know, th- th- those are, uh, things that I'm, um, realizing like those those are what friends do and um and that shared memories together in that way and yeah yeah in those contexts i mean those are the times where we want to help each other be oriented to the lord right so and, and the joy and the victory that we're we're with them encouraging them to praise god and to give him glory and then also when there are times that are difficult and hard to still give him glory, to depend on him, to know of his character and his goodness, of his faithfulness, and that's, you know, that's where we're able to establish um, strong friendship in those situations uh, that are that are most meaningful. So that's that's helpful. Um, so we're at a close short time. See, I told you we were talking about this going by pretty fast. Um, yeah, so. You know, we, we talked about 50 minutes here and we talked about a lot of things. But yeah, Hyun, if there's one thing, last comment to make just to, to wrap up and summarize as you think about this chapter and, and forging friendships. What is, you know, if, if people were, you know, not paying attention and they're just paying attention for this next minute, what would you want to leave them with? Hmm. I mean, I think just a final thought is that, you know, ultimately friendship itself is not the goal, right? But if we pursue Christ and pursue loving one another, then friendships will happen, right? And so um, to think of friendship as, yeah, we are trying to pursue one another in love. and, um, And I guess you can say it's like mutual discipleship in a sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, if you think about discipling, you know, we're 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 just we're yeah. following Christ, we're learning after Christ. Yeah, it's you know, not so magical. It's not mystical. Friends are just people who are pursuing Christ together. Who who want you know, who are encouraging one another that God's placed in our lives for relationship. We are built for friendship. We are built for relationships, and you know. Um, I think, yeah, so... And it takes some work, you know, so there is, like you say, sacrifice and investment of time. Um, But, 
if we recognize that knowing God and worshiping God is not just the greatest thing, but it's like the only thing that matters in the universe, um, and it's hard to do on our own, we, we, we really benefit by entrusting other people around us to help us. And that's, yeah, that's God what it's people, about. And we need people. That's, you know, I think that's you know, to ch- not make it too complicated. Yeah. So I, I think that's where people say, oh, you know, I don't have that many good friends or I don't have. You do. Yeah. You do. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, and so I know not to extend it, but like, you know, an answer to that is, you know, we can, you know, the way to start getting good friends or perceiving each other good friends is being a good friend yourself, you know, so starting. You know, sometimes when we think about, I actually, no, let me, I'm not going to go down that path. But just <laughs> when you think about the idea of just, yeah, being, um, of, of, of developing friendships, sometimes it just starts with us, us extending ourselves, us making sacrifices, us investing our time, accommodating ourselves around other people, and then supernaturally God makes it happen, you know. And if so. you're not good at, you know, I don't know, making small time, like there's, we have structures in place. That's why yeah. you use the structures of transformation group and life groups that are there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, besides, I know we, we, we're naturally drawn to people who are like us, but yeah, um, yeah really to invest in um, gospel witnessing uh, friendship. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hyun, thanks for your time. And um, again, I, I I really do count it as a joy and, and privilege knowing the says and all these years of your friendship to me and, and your family to, to mine. And um just looking forward to, um yeah, just I, I, looking forward. I, I Finishing out this book, I know we have a few more chapters ahead, um, a few more people to join the conversation. But thank you all for staying on and listening. And until we see you next time. <laughs>